I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. Jesus spoke to them again, I am the light of the world. Welcome to Working with the Word, a weekly podcast designed to equip you with the skills and confidence for deeper daily Bible study. I'm Jeff O'Rear. And I'm Emerson Brown. Thank you for tuning into the 52nd episode of Working with the Word. We're back in our series on the Gospel of John this week, looking to do some observation and a lot of reading from John chapter 5 through John chapter 8. We'll in just a moment spend some time talking about some things to look for in these chapters, but for the meantime, we just encourage you to grab a Bible or be prepared to follow along to the listening of God's Word in these chapters as we're looking at the life of Jesus and seeing what we can find in the Gospel of John that will help us to grow and our belief and understanding that Jesus truly is the Son of God in whom we have eternal life. Emerson, what are we looking for in John 5 through John 8 today? First of all, you might be listening and wondering to yourself, why are we going to spend an entire podcast episode just reading the text? Why can't I just do that on my, my audio Bible, Bible app or something like that? Just really quickly, want to remind you that there's so much value in combining the Bible study that we do with Bible reading. And that's what we're trying to emphasize as we read through these chapters together. It gives context to our study. It's really helpful to look at large chunks before digging in. If you remember way back at the beginning of our podcast, we were looking at the three steps of Bible study, flyover, ground level survey, and mining deep. Today, we're kind of doing a 5,000 foot view of chapters five through eight. So chapter five begins with a new section where Jesus's ministry becomes wrapped up in controversy. Jesus is going to heal a lame man at the pool of Bethesda, and he's going to do it on a Sabbath day. And so that's going to begin the section of controversy and take us to chapter 8. We're going to end there at chapter 8 because in chapter 9, we're going to see something Jesus does similarly. He's going to heal a blind man, and some conflict is going to come as a result of that, similar to chapter 5. Only there, the conflict has, by that point, ramped up a few notches. All right, so here's three things to look for as we read through John chapters 5 through 8. Look for three different perspectives. First of all, look at Jesus' perspective. Jesus is going to start revealing more about himself than he has done before in John. He's going to talk about witnesses that testify to his identity, evidences to believe in him. Uh, A lot of times we focus on the I am statements of Jesus. Well, those begin here in chapter 6 when he talks about the bread of life. In chapter 8, he's going to reveal himself as the light of the world. So look for those perspectives about Jesus. Secondly, look for the Jews' perspective and how the the perception of the crowd is going to develop about Jesus. They have to face the question, who is Jesus? Some are going to be totally against him. Some are going to come out as very loyal to Jesus. And most of the people, however, are going to be on the fence about him. So look for that. And thirdly, look for the disciples' perspective. They're not really in the foreground in this section. Only at one place do we really see them do anything major. In chapter 6, at the end, we're going to see Peter make this great confession, you are the Christ. But, but look for the development of their faith and look at how these events and how these teachings would have been kind of a part of the disciples' development in the background. So that's kind of three things to look for, three perspectives, Jesus, the Jews, and the disciples. So let's jump in 
and read the text, this section of John. We're starting in John chapter 5, reading from the Christian Standard Bible. After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool called Bethesda in Aramaic, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of the disabled, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the disabled man answered, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man got well, picked up his mat, and started to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath, and so the Jews saw the man who had been healed. This is the Sabbath. The law prohibits you from picking up your mat. He replied, The man who made me well told me, Pick up your mat and walk. Who is this man who told you, Pick up your mat and walk, they asked. But the man who was healed did not know who it was, because Jesus had slipped away into the crowds that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Do not sin any more, so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Jesus responded to them, My father is still working, and I am working also. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, the Son of Man is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. And just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so the Son also gives life to those whom he wants. The Father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all people may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly I tell you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he granted to the Son to have life in himself, and he has granted him the right to pass judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. I can do nothing of my own. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies about me, and I know that the testimony he gives about me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. I don't receive human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. John was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a greater testimony than John's, because the works that the Father has given me to accomplish. These very works I am doing 
testify about me that the Father has sent me. The Father who sent me has himself testified about me. You have not heard his voice at any time, and you have not seen his form. You don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent. You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. But you are not willing to come to me so that you may have life. I do not accept glory from people, but I know you, that you have no love for God within you. I have come in my Father's name, yet you do not accept me. If someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but don't seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Your accuser is Moses, of whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. But if you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe my words? After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. A huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. Jesus went up on a mountain and sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. So when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, Where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told his disciples, Collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This truly is the prophet who has come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. A high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him on board, and at once the boat was at the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat. They also saw that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, 
but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. What can we do to perform the works of God? they asked. Jesus replied, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he has sent. What sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you? they asked. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, Sir, give us this bread always. I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I've told you, you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everyone the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me that I should lose none of those he has given me, but should raise them up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Therefore the Jews started complaining about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Stop complaining among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly I tell you, anyone who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At that, the Jews argued among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your ancestors ate, and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus, 
knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and the one who would betray him. He said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. From that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. So Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, To whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus replied to them, Didn't I choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He was referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray him. After this, Jesus traveled into Galilee since he did not want to travel in Judea because the Jews were trying to kill him. The Jewish festival of shelters was near. So his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea so your disciples can see your works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he is seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus told them, My time has not yet arrived, but your time is always at hand. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify about it, that its works are evil. Go up to the festival yourselves. I'm not going up to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he said these things, he stayed in Galilee. And after his brothers had gone up to the festival, then he also went up, not openly, but secretly. The Jews were looking for him at the festival and saying, Where is he? And there was a lot of murmuring about him among the crowds. Some were saying, he's a good man. Others were saying, no, on the contrary, he's deceiving the people. Still, nobody was talking publicly about him for fear of the Jews. When the festival was already half over, Jesus went up into the temple and began to teach. Then the Jews were amazed and said, how is the man so learned since he hasn't been trained? Jesus answered them, my teaching isn't mine, but it's from the one who sent me. If anyone wants to do his will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own. The one who speaks on his own seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Didn't Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You have a demon, the crowd responded. Who's trying to kill you? I perform one work, and you are all amazed, Jesus answered. This is why Moses has given you circumcision, not that it came from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses won't be broken, are you angry at me because I made a man entirely well on the Sabbath? Stop judging according to outward appearances. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment. Some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Yet, look, he's speaking publicly and they're saying nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities know he's the true Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, nobody will know where he is from. As he was teaching in the temple, Jesus cried out, 
You know me, and you know where I am from. You have not come on my own, but the one who sent me is true. You don't know him. I know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. Then they tried to seize him. Yet no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. However, many from the crowd believed in him, and said, When the Messiah comes, he won't perform more signs than this man has done, will he? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things about him. So the chief priests and the Pharisees sent servants to arrest him. Then Jesus said, I am only with you a short time. Then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Then the Jews said to one another, Where does he intend to go that we won't find him? He doesn't intend to go to the Jewish people dispersed among the Greeks and teach Greeks, does he? What is this remark he made? You will look for me and you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. On the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, will have streams of living water flowing from deep within him. He said this about the Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. When some of the crowd heard these words, they said, This truly is the prophet. Others said, This is the Messiah. But some said, Surely the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Doesn't the scripture say that Messiah comes from David's offspring, from the town of Bethlehem, where David lived? So the crowd was divided because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the servants came to the chief priests and Pharisees, who asked them, Why didn't you bring him? The servants answered, No man ever spoke like this. The Pharisees responded to them, Are you fool too? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd which doesn't know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, the one who came to him previously, who was one of them, said to them, Our law doesn't judge a man before it hears from him and knows what he's doing, does it? You aren't from Galilee too, are you? They replied. Investigate, and you will see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Then each one went to his own house. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he went to the temple again, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They asked this to trap him, in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, The one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on, do not sin any more. Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. Even if I testify about myself, Jesus replied, my testimony is true, because I know where I came from and where I'm going.
but you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. And if I do judge, my judgment is true, because it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Then they asked him, Where is your father? You know neither me nor my father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my father. He spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple, but no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said to them again, I'm going away. You will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said again, He won't kill himself, will he, since he says, Where I'm going, you cannot come. You are from below, he told them. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Who are you? they questioned. Exactly what I've been telling you from the very beginning, Jesus told them. I have many things to say and to judge about you, but the one who sent me is true, and what I have heard from him, these things I tell the world. They did not know that he was speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own. But just as the Father taught me, I say these things. The one who sent me is with me, He has not left me alone, because I always do what pleases him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father. So then, you do what you have heard from your father. Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You're doing what your father does. We weren't born of sexual immorality, they said. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me because I came from God and I am here. For I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. 
This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God. The Jews responded to him, Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, I honor my father, and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and judges. Truly I tell you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Then the Jews said, Now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. You say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And the prophets died. Who do you claim to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My Father, about whom you say he is our God, he is the one who glorifies me. You do not know him, but I know him. If I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews replied, You aren't fifty years old yet, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple. Like you said, that the conflict really wraps up and really notches up. As we go throughout this, we see people questioning Jesus, people looking for situations to arrest Jesus. We kind of end on a cliffhanger there where they're trying to kill Jesus, but Jesus is able to slip away from that. Just a very interesting reading to see as Jesus reveals more about himself, how people get more frustrated with Jesus. So now that we've done our reading, we want to just provide some quick points about some things from each chapter. Just maybe one thing that if you were to make a broad chapter heading, this could be something you could say about that. In chapter 5, we notice the fact that after he heals the man on the Sabbath, it says they were looking for reasons to, to persecute Jesus, to kill him. And not just because of him healing on the Sabbath, but because he was also calling himself the Son of God. So while you know, there was obviously people questioning Jesus back even in chapter 2, we're starting to really see the beginning of that persecution here in chapter 5. In chapter 6, Jesus, of course, teaches, I am the bread of life after multiplying those loaves. And as a result of that teaching, many people stop following him. And so he turns to his disciples and says, what do you want to do? And Peter says, we're not going to go anywhere because we know that you are the Holy One of God. You have words of eternal life. When Jesus is at the Feast of Shelters in John chapter 7, we see a lot of almost side conversations. We get glimpses into these crowds of people, and they're constantly asking, could this really be the guy that he's claiming to be? Is this the Messiah? Is he a great prophet? You have the other side of people who are like, no, there's no way. He doesn't do what we're expecting him to do. He's not from where we would expect him to be. He's not following the law. There's lots of people who are divided, undecided, about Jesus. And even some of the Pharisees are undecided. We see Nicodemus again, and people are still questioning who is Jesus here in this chapter. And then in chapter 8, you see that conflict almost reach kind of a climax. Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and he teaches more. As a result of that, some people believe in him, and then he turns to those same people that believe in him and teaches them more about who he is, 
And he says things like, before Abraham was born, I am. And they pick up stones to throw at him. And so Jesus claims deity here. He claims to be someone who comes from eternity even before Abraham. So something to do as a challenge with this text and with what we've talked about today and really what we've read today. We'll get into John chapter 5 and a little bit more in depth in our next episode. But for now, ponder and answer the question of why are some people so upset with Jesus? Continue to, to meditate and think about what we've read in our text today and go back over these chapters over the next few days before the next episode releases. I guess if you're not binging these episodes at some point in the future, maybe you've got some time to consider that. But consider that question and see what's going on in people's hearts and understanding how that's so different from what John's goal is when people don't have the right kind of hearts to actually receive Jesus and believe that he really is the Son of God who provides that gift of eternal life. Thank you for listening to Working with the Word today. If you've made it to the end of this episode, we thank you for sticking with us as we have read from John chapters 5 through 8. We'll be back next week as we dive into John chapter 5. If you've been enjoying the program, you can help us out by rating and reviewing the show and by sharing it with someone else. If you have a difficult passage or a book of the Bible you'd like for us to cover or just a Bible study question, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter at Working with the Word, on Instagram at workingwiththeword.podcast, or send us an email to workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, May you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. He said to him, Do you want me to... Ah,